Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, and everyone in between. This is Straightforward with Miss B, episode 71. As we always do, grab your vices, relax, chill out, and um, let's get straight to it. On today's episode, we would definitely be getting into the infamous, um, most explosive interview that many of us have seen in quite some time, um, the Cat Williams interview um, with Shannon Sharp on his own platform um, called Club Shay Shay. Man, I tell you the truth, that was probably one of the best interviews that I have seen um, in a long time, in a very long time. When you look at the landscape of podcast and, you know, celebrities or um, former athletes, um, you know, all of these people who have these, you know, very well-to-do platforms whether it's the Joe Button podcast or you have um, DJ Vlad TV or you have Drink Champs or you have, um, um, who is that, Gil Arena, I believe, yeah, Gil Arenas. He has his own little platform. You have Cameron and Mace um, with their p- podcast platform as well. You have a lot of very... Um, well-off, um, successful um, media platforms out here. And I'm actually excited, um, you know, when I see, you know, how successful people are, are being these days. It's like you don't have to, as a podcaster myself, um, you don't necessarily have to um, always, you know, think that you are forced to get a job with, you know, some media platform like um, Complex or, you know, one of the news networks or ESPN. And, you know, a lot of us have the talent. Um, Many people have the financial backing, their own, you know, financial funding and capital that they can use to buy the equipment or rent, rent out or purchase a studio space as well to be able to, you know, create their own, you know? And so I'm very big on entrepreneurship. So I get very excited when I see others who are, you know, extremely successful on their own right and on their, you know, doing it on their own terms. So um, seeing Shannon Sharp um, definitely go out and, you know, create this platform for himself um, he's been doing extremely good, and he he gets, you know, millions and millions of views on his interviews as well. And so it was no surprise, however, that this one right here may have definitely hit the top of the charts when it comes to, I guess, his viewership, right? So for those of you who had the opportunity to check out the Cat Williams um, interview with Shannon Sharp. Um, How did you guys like it? You know, were you surprised at some of the things that Cat Williams revealed? He did a lot of um, exposing of other comedians. You know, he talked about um, Cedric the Entertainer. He talked about Ricky Smiley. 
Um, he talked about Michael Blackston. He also um, went in on uh, Chris Tucker. He also talked about Diddy a little bit, Harvey Weinstein. He just got into so much, and it was like, it was almost like I'm looking at the video and my mouth is just dropped. It's just open the entire time. That That's how so invested I was. Um, I watched it more than once also. Um, just in case I may have missed some tidbits that he, you know, a little bit of tea that he may have um, talked about during the interview. And, yeah, it's one for the books, I think, at this point. That particular interview that came out a week ago has now, I believe, reached maybe 40 or 41 million views um, on Club Shay Shay. So shout out, you know, let's give our applause to Shannon Sharp and Cat Williams for such a great interview. Now, one of the things that Cat Williams did discuss, um, and we all have seen it, and I don't want to go through the entire interview, but I definitely wanted to just kind of talk about a little bit, you know, some of the things that he did talk about. So one of the things he talked about um, was the fact that, you know, Kevin Hart, Kevin Hart and Cat Williams seems to have this ongoing um, beef, you know, they don't really like each other. I think over the years we've heard both of them kind of take jabs at one another back and forth. I personally do not know at what point this beef began, um, which I would like to know. Um, maybe that's something Shannon could have took the opportunity um, to ask him about. Um, but yeah, I would like to know like where this beef began. You know, a lot of people feels as though Cat Williams is, you know, low key a hater when it comes to Kevin Smart. I mean, Kevin Hart and how successful Kevin has became, you know, being an actor, um, not so much from a stand-up comedian standpoint, but he's been able to elevate his career over the years star in multiple blockbuster movies. You know, he do sell out tours as well. Um, but, you know, some people believe that he's a hater. <laughs> he's a hater um, of Kevin Hart. But let me go ahead and just first kick off this um, discussion and by playing that Kevin Hart um, bit where Cat Williams basically um, stated that Kevin Hart is an industry plant. At Tuesday. Okay, let me start it over. Uh, uh, Guy Tory did a beautiful special about the comedy store in Fat Tuesday, where he said that Steve and Cedric and Kevin Hart and Tiffany Haddish came through there and made all lies. Steve and Cedric never performed at the comedy store at all. Tiffany was only seen at the Laugh Factory. In 15 years in Hollywood, no one in Hollywood has a memory of going to a sold-out Kevin Hart show. There being a line for him ever getting a standing ovation at any well, comedy club. He already had his deals when he got here. Have we heard of a comedian that came to L.A. and in his first year in L.A. he had his own sitcom on network television and had 
had his own movie called Soul Plane that he was leading. No, we've never heard of that before that person or since that person. What do you think a plant is? Maybe people don't understand the definitions of these words. He just did his documentary with Chris Rock where he shows you that his whole upbringing in comedy was on the East Coast. Yeah, it was. So how simultaneously was he here in Los Angeles doing the same thing? It didn't happen. It didn't happen. And I, I, I hate to seem like a petty individual for picking apart lies, but Jesse Smollett gonna keep lying until you say we don't believe you. So y'all heard Cat Williams give his two cents in regards to Kevin Hart and his career. Now, what I wanted to say in regards to that is that if you think about, if you want to kind of use an analogy um, in the sense of um, people scouting talent, right? So you have college football, you have professional um, football teams who may come from one state, but then they may go out and, you know, scout talent. Um, other, you know, young athletes who may be in school um, in other states as well. So I don't really see an issue with a person or the movie industry um, having agents or essentially film scouters who go out to look for talent. And maybe that could possibly have been the case for Kevin Hart. Although Kevin Hart may not have created a foundation in the Los Angeles area, which is considered the creme de la creme, the place you have to be as a comedian to get your start, whether it's Los Angeles or New York, but Kat stated that Kevin didn't plant his roots in Los Angeles. However, if he was doing stand-up in the Philadelphia or East Coast, you know, circuit or whatever, to him it feels as though Kevin Hart is a plant, an industry plant who was brought from the East Coast to L.A. and then from there immediately got a job in his first film and his trajectory has been just going up and up and up ever since, you know? And apparently Kat feels some type of way about that. Now for me, just using, Hey, critical thinking, um, just kind of maybe common sense in there as well. It could have been a situation, as I explained earlier, where there could have been film scouts or agents who went out looking for certain type of talent. They may have been hearing the buzz about Kevin Hart for quite some time as he was rising up in comedic stature um, and thought, hey, you know what I'm saying? This would be a cool dude to have in this film. Who's to say? Kevin may have 
hired an agent to help him, you know, get into films and things of that nature. And he was lucky, you know, he probably auditioned and he was lucky and he started with soul playing and, you know, whatever else of his first films that he participated in. I don't think we should necessarily take that away from Kevin Hart. I mean, I can understand maybe Cat Williams, somebody who, you know, basically got it from the gutter, from the ground up. He planted his roots in the Los Angeles um, comedy scene with his stand-up, and he just feels some type of way that when he sees someone else who may have just gotten put on, you know, out of nowhere, out the blue, and became successful, um, he feels as though that wasn't right. Um, but, Kat, on that sense, I don't think you should necessarily take anything away from Kevin Hart in that sense because, hey, there's a lot of talent that be around everywhere, all across the globe, in every state, every country, every um, continent, and... There could be people who may come across a recorded video of a, of a, a comedy skit or bit um, that Kevin may have done at one point, felt as though, hey, I like this cat, and they could have connections who connected him to the film people, and the film people decided to put him in. A, you, can't, you can't blame him for that, cat. Come on now. Then now that situation, it does seem like Cat may have been a little, a little bit haterish. Um, like I said, he went on to also talk about Ricky Smiley. for talking about Harvey Weinstein. Uh-uh. That's Harvey Weinstein. He talked about Ricky Smiley. I don't necessarily want to go through the Ricky Smiley one, um, because I did believe Cat when he stated, "Hey, I did this." Ricky Smiley lied in a previous interview that he did. But Cat definitely detail how he got the role of Money Mike in Friday, um, which I do believe. Um, I definitely would not have seen Ricky Smiley play that role. Um, play that role. Cat was the perfect person for that. He he did that to a T. Um, it was a standout role as well for that to be his first film I believe he definitely stood out and he made his mark um as the role of money Mike um Cat Williams also went in of course you know when asked about just how he feel um well some of the things that he may have had to experience um while in Hollywood um you know these things in the last couple of years um these um sexual assault allegations and lawsuits have been coming up, you know, from R. Kelly to um, Sean Puff Daddy Combs, um, Harvey Weinstein. Um, you know, a lot of people always, for years, it has always been kind of this um, undertone to just being an entertainer or just working in Hollywood that there could be just some funniness, some weird shit going on behind the scenes that many people don't talk about. Talk about, but then every now and then you may get an actor or actress who may talk about a casting couch. You know, that is uh, for those of you who are not familiar with that term. Is basically when you know 
you may have a young um, person, um, struggling actor or actress, trying to get a job in a film. You know, they may have to audition. But in order to basically be confirmed or get the job, they could be asked by the producer or the director or, you know, one of the executives of the film um, to put out sexually, you know. So we've always kind of heard of these situations every, you know, every now and then we will hear of these situations, but. Kat also talks about, you know, his instance. Now, whether or not we believe it or not, hmm, I don't know. Um, has Kat ever been placed in that type of predicament um, where he's asked to, you know, do a sexual favor in order to get a job or get money, a certain amount of money for a film? Possibly. He's been in Hollywood for quite some time. So I wouldn't put it past him, but in this interview, he definitely did kind of bring up the P Diddy situation a little bit. He kind of touched on it for a tad bit with a joke, but he also talked about the Harvey Weinstein thing also. So let's see what he has to say about that. And told you when you asked him, did you still cancel? Okay. Cancel me for talking about Harvey Weinstein before the thing came out, but he offered to suck my penis in front of all my people at my agency. Oh, my God. What am I supposed to do? He did all of that. I'm thinking I'm the only black person on the script. I get there, it's three other black guys on there. Woo. Huh. So you wonder what they did to get <laughs> I told him no. What y'all do? <laughs> <laughs> and this is why when I walk in a room, heads go down. Behind my back, I'm nothing. I'm just a regular old comedian that's bitter and jealous. But in my face, no, no, no. The king has walked in and they have to respect it only because I've not taken the shortcuts. I've not been funded. They pay you to not talk about things they don't want you to talk about. They tell you that themselves. Yeah. He didn't lie. He didn't lie. I personally believe that, yes, Hollywood is a little weird. There's a lot of shit that goes on. Um, but in the same token, I do believe with those circumstances that people um, or situations that may come up, that may arise, you know, I do believe there is individuals who, whether it's the music industry or the film industry, um, don't mind um, doing what they have to do in order to succeed in that business. It's just like corporate America. You know, you, you, you may hear about, Hey, yesterday, so-and-so and so Marianne, she used to be a receptionist, a secretary. And then you hear about a year later, Marianne then became a damn director. You know what I'm saying? And you might hear some rumblings going on. And I'm not just saying this. I've worked in corporate America um, in the past for 15 plus years. And, uh, yeah, I would hear about stories about how certain people was moving up the ladder, you know, doing a, doing something strange for a little piece of change. So it's 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 not uncommon at all. So I'm almost 100% sure 
that the same thing happens to those who work in the music industry um, or work in the film, in whatever industry it is. If there's a letter to move up, there's going to be people there who's willing to do whatever it takes to move up that ladder, ladder get that job, or make those millions. And it's just what it is. Um, he also talked about, you know, Cedric the Entertainer stealing jokes. Of course, we've heard about comedians, um, comedians who may steal a joke from time to time, who can't come up with their own, you know, bits or whatever. So he went in on Cedric the Entertainer <laughs> as well. Um, let me see what else it was. Um, no, nah, I ain't talking about the DDL. We talked about that. There's something else I wanted to play. I kind of agree with him when he talked about the Meg and um, Tory Lane situation as well. Let me see. Tory Lane and Meg. What, what would you take on that? Because I know you you got to take on everything. I know it's, you a, it's a difficult position because somebody's not going to tell the truth. And the truth has got to be told. In all circumstances, the truth has got to be told. So if you don't want to say she shot her, then you shot her. And that's the end of that. And that's the end of that. Somebody need to tell the truth. Somebody need to tell the truth. Whether it's Kelsey or Tori, one of y'all need to tell the truth. But I do think it would be so unfortunate if at the end of the day we find out that it was that girl who shot Meg. So, Megan, all I can say is, child, hopefully you better be out here working, working, getting your money up, because I feel like the, the day that comes out, if it is found out, or exposed that Kelsey was indeed the person who shot at Meg, I do believe Megan's career will suffer because of it. Now, I praise Cat Williams for this particular interview. Like I said, it was very, very good. I didn't want to go and touch on everything. You had many people come out and respond. Ludacris, Ludacris came out and responded. Um, basically, Cat Williams was saying that how there is, um, you know, it's almost like a certain type of package when you make it to Hollywood and you become one of these B-listers, A-listers, and especially for black men, you tend to see black men then date light-skinned women. Um, he, he called them light-skinned with uh, weird faces and he was naming people off, and then he went into this story about um, how Ludacris and him both were um, were kind of given the opportunity, I guess, to read for the role in Fast and Furious, and Ludacris ended up being the person who basically got the role, took you know, just took the contract. I think he said it may have been 
Um, I forget how much he thought. <coughs> $10 million for the next 20, I guess, installments of the movie. Um, so he basically was just state, you know, stating that, hey, Ludacris fall into that category. You know, he has a weird a wife with a weird looking face. And I'm proud of Ludacris on how he responded. I thought the way that he responded was, uh, mm, I don't want to say corny, but I think it just probably was the best way. He's a rapper. He ended up rapping a verse um, to give his part, you know, about it, his rebuttal to Cat Williams without, you know, actually cussing or fussing at at Cat. So, yeah, I, I do. I kind of like um, Ludacris for just responding the way that he did. Uh, let me see if I can find. Okay, here it is. Let me play it. Whatever's heavy on my heart is always on my mind. Like Snoop's cannabis shredder, I'm always on my grind. They throwing shade because niggas could never take my shine. I bring my watch collection on my jet. Let me take my time. That's all I'm going to play because I do not want to get copyrighted when I upload this to YouTube. All right. So, yeah. So, definitely, um, you know, if you come across this podcast, definitely leave your comments. I mean, leave your thoughts about the Cat Williams interview um, in the comments. I would love to um, hear how you guys felt about that. Uh, what else interesting has been going on? I did want to talk about briefly about the Jonathan Major situation. As you know, um, he had a situation where he was uh, found guilty. Um, I believe I forgot what the charges were, but he ended up doing a interview and he basically called Megan Good, which is his current girlfriend, um, basically called her Coretta Scott King. And a lot of people took offense to that, um, especially us ATLians or people who, you know, have mad respect for um, the late Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King and his late wife, Coretta Scott King. We do understand um, how powerful and um, important those two were for the civil rights movement. Um, and they said that Jonathan majors does have a habit of just kind of correlating something that's going on in his life or a person. He would correlate it to some historic black figure. Um, I think that's kind of weird to do that, especially when you ain't really known to be no activist. You're not known to, even date black women except for Megan good. You're, you're usually dating white women. So why would you even think, think to bring up <clears throat> Coretta's name? It's like, what nigga? The fuck? But let me play a snippet of this. For you, man something about sitting here right now and, and, and looking at you and understanding the gravity of the situation. Um, a situation that I, in many ways, you know, put myself in. 
The actor spoke exclusively with ABC News for the first time after being convicted in late December for harassment and misdemeanor reckless assault in the third degree, which could carry a penalty of up to a year behind bars. Why did you decide you wanted to talk now? I felt like it was time. Um, a lot has happened <laughs> um, in my personal life, in my career, um, in the culture. It's about responsibility and coming forward and being brave and, and giving my, my part of the story. Your reaction to that verdict? Shock. Mm. I was, uh, I was absolutely shocked and, um, afraid. And I'm standing there and the verdict comes down. I say, how, how, how is, how is that possible? Based off the evidence, based off the prosecution's evidence, let alone our evidence, how is that possible? But after only hours of deliberation, a jury of his peers agreed with prosecutors that he did physically injure his then-girlfriend, Grace Jabot. How is it possible? Jonathan Majors. Look, man, you a black man in America. And you had a white girlfriend. As a black man in America with a white girlfriend, that's how it's possible Fuck what the video showed. You know how this game go, man. I tell you what, these black men need to, they need to stop being so oblivious to the fact of, hey, I don't care how successful you get. I don't care how many um, A-list circles that you, uh, friends, friends that you may have in the industry, what circles you, you, you know, being, it does not matter at the end of the day, you're still black in America. And one place that would definitely always, always show you exactly who you are is in a courtroom. So Jonathan, get it together, whatever they decide your sentencing should be. Hopefully you will not have to spend a year in prison. <coughs> Excuse me. Hopefully you will not have to spend a year in prison, but hopefully this is a wake-up call for you, brother. You know what I'm saying? And, uh, yeah, I hope you get it together, Mike. Get it together. And shout-out to ABC News. You know that I definitely always like to call out my sources and that was an interview on ABC News. Um, let me see. What else been going on? A bunch of other fuck shit has been going on. Um, Keefe D, the man who basically, because everybody else is dead, but accused of shooting Tupac Shakur and killing him, um... Back in, what, 96, um, he was locked up recently. Um, they granted him they granted him uh, a bond, $750,000, which means that if he has 75, maybe 75,000, 80,000, he should be able to bond himself out. Um, I don't know. I just hope this it is right what now it is. And- 
I hope this, um, sorry about that. I hope this situation just, you know, get wrapped up. Let Tupac sleep in peace, man. Let it be resolved. Send whoever you need to send to prison. And yeah. And let's be, let's be done with it. I don't look at love and hip hop Atlanta, so I can't really speak on what's been happening between diamond scrappy and Erica Dixon. Um, and Bambi as well. I don't really keep up with that, but Hey, I know that Bambi and scrappy is no longer together. Um, it seems as though there was a short lived situation maybe with diamond. Um, and then somehow him and Erica has been back together or cuddling or whatever, establishing something, um, lately. Um, uh, I don't know. All of these women are, are beautiful women. So scrappy. Hey, you got a choice to make, man. Make a choice. Do what you got to do. It's, 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 you know, you ain't got to be out here living a single life. You got, you got some nice women to choose from. So choose one of them. And, and, you know, it is what it is. But I'm sure everything that we've been seeing lately in the news about them um, is for the show. You know, they got to drum up some type of shit for the show. Outside of that, I don't really have nothing else to talk about, y'all, today. Oh, I did want to say this, though. Um, I definitely want to send out my thank yous to the 2 point, I believe it's 2.7 plus thousand people who took time out to watch my um, audio version of the podcast from our last episode, episode 70, where we talked about T.D. Jakes and his whole, you know, situation. Um, I appreciate the views. I believe that may have been the highest viewed uh, podcast on YouTube um, to date. So thank you, thank you, thank you, everyone. I believe I did gain some new subscribers to the YouTube channel as well um, from that particular interview. I mean, excuse me, podcast episode. So I appreciate everybody that's been tuning in. I know that I post bi-weekly. Hopefully at some point I will post more often, maybe go back to weekly. I know initially when I started the podcast, I was doing them each week. But then, you know, you know, life be life in and things get a little out of hand sometimes and you get busy. So I couldn't necessarily, you know, necessarily um, commit to doing it weekly. But like I said, I want to thank everybody, though, who has been tuning in, who has been supportive. And I like meeting new people as well. I'll be in the comments, especially on YouTube, you know, commenting to the people. So. Definitely check me out. If you have not subscribed, it is, excuse me, straightforward, S-T-R, the number 8, F-W-D, um, with Miss B. And that's on all platforms, streaming or social media, and, of course, YouTube as well. 
Um, thank you guys for tuning in to today's podcast. Um, and continue to come back. This is the 71st episode and we're going to keep going and growing this thing. So I appreciate you. I love you guys until next time. Peace out.